The Koi Gig Pod on Off The Ball. I'm grimacing because it was such an opportunity. Possession-wise, I thought they were good, but they didn't have the cutting edge and they don't have Sam Kerr. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off The Ball. With Sky, proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team. This is News Talk. All right, Dan McDonnell of the Irish Independent is with us. How are you? I'm good, Nathan. Are you? Yeah. No, don't even know. It's not a nil-nil draw. Yeah, listen, I mean... A bit of excitement. Well, I mean, have you not noticed that that 3-2 has become the new one all. I know. It's, it's become the new Irish football scoreline. I did not. Um, That's when we know Irish football is really <laughs> But it's like when it becomes, oh, God, another 3-2, you know. If it's not an Irish football game and it's you know it's and it's not three two, is it even a proper game? You know, like this is this is the new, this is what we expect. You know, both teams score more than once. Like that, I mean, all those years of those like uh, those friendly games that dragged along to nothing. Sometimes even competitive games. You know, one nils. What we wanted was a three two that made you wonder if everything was stable or not. So we've just uh, heard from John Egan, uh, who is not panicking, freakish. Mm. that we're conceding all these long goals nine goals now from outside the penalty area yeah it's is not, it freakish it's not that I'm not energised about this topic come I on Dan it's, it's, it's a it's friendly irrelevant. it's a friendly but it's is it relevant to the France game have Ireland conceded a long range goal against anyone good in a competitive match like a big game like this mm. I feel like this isn't going to be the thing that's going to hurt Ireland against France I don't think France in the preparations are going to say here's how we hurt Ireland Let's just hit it. Antoine, every time you get it, Ping it. all the anger of not getting the captaincy, yeah. 35 just, yards out, just have a pop. These lads don't like it up and from distance. <laughs> yeah. You know, like this How is... How did we become that team? Like, you know, this is exactly what they, what they don't want. I, I feel like, um, I feel like in these games against the lower teams, um, and maybe you need someone with a more tactical mind to explain it, but there just seem to be these gaps that open up between defence and midfield that make it viable and I feel like generally um, they squeeze things a lot more uh, against the better sides and actually you see the goals that Ireland conceded I suppose against the better teams um, or even the chances they conceded I'm thinking thinking Serbia um, I'm thinking the crosses against Portugal um, you know Scotland was a short corner wasn't Mm. it or like you know it was a different type of goal but it's clearly there's a pattern I think it's a very viable concern um, when it comes to a certain type of fixture I'm just not sure if it's one going into Monday but like a a lot of your colleagues have been writing articles about it and doing the deep dive and like the XG is 0.89 is it or something like that but we've conceded nine goals so that would suggest that there is a freakish element. I think that there is. Happen. But yeah. there's been a breakdown of the different types of goals. And, you know, we think of Seamus Coleman switching off and not closing down. And there's been a couple of those 25 yarders where actually players are fatigued, tired, take a step back when they need to take a step forward and there's a bit too much space. The one that feels more concerning is one of the ones of last night where ball's bobbling around in the area and you just need to get rid of it Yeah. and Ireland don't get rid of it and they're crowded lots of bodies there's always this huge risk of a deflection because there's so many bodies in there if the shot comes in and I do wonder if that is a mindset thing of we are a team that plays football so even in that scenario where the ball's ping-ponging around the penalty spot we don't just put our foot through it we're always looking up we're looking for an opening somebody free out the wing where we can start a counter-attacking move where sometimes the best option 
is just to hoof it. Yeah, I, I see the point. I mean, I just think to me, there's just like a. It's almost like the the concession of one goal just seems to breed panic for the rest of that game. Like even some of the defending and injury time, Nathan Collins would make a quite good block. And in fairness, they did I think boot it at mm. that stage, um, and a couple of occasions that did happen. But it, to me, it was more they conceded. Like everything was fine, really. Although I still think there was a little bit of sloppy signs in the first twenty five. There just wasn't a particularly good standard of a game, really, in terms of like you can just get away with things. Um, so I felt like. Well, the team was doing okay and were reasonably comfortable in the first 25 minutes to half an hour they weren't being asked to be any better and as a result they were able to let their own standards slip and um, once they conceded one goal all of a sudden it was just like belief ebbed away and it did remind me a little bit of the Armenia game in September where um, our last 3-2 of course where um, just when the ball went into the box there was a sense of oh no um, mm-hmm. And even just the fact that O'Shea and O'Dowd are just going for the same ball. I mean, it was sort of a comically bad goal to concede, really. A bit of bad luck with the deflection, but... but it's not a comparison I, the, I thought the application that led to it. But Manchester City in the Champions League and that sense of when one thing goes wrong, lots of things go wrong. And they mm. concede goals quickly. And part of the conversation around that over the last couple of years is that Pep Guardiola doesn't like leaders on the pitch. You know, he likes his players to do what... He wants them to do. And when it goes wrong, there's nobody who can just grab the game by the scruff of the neck, who can settle everyone down, who has that Roy Keane type attitude of, I'm the leader of this. We're the most experienced team. We know what to do. Is there any sense of that with Ireland in these games, that there's such inexperience in that back line that started, that when they concede that first goal, there's nobody there to say, let's just settle this for 10 minutes. It's a friendly at home to Latvia. We're 2-1 up. They're not offering a huge amount. Let's just keep this calm. Instead of, as you say, all of a sudden for 10 minutes there's complete and utter panic yeah I haven't really thought about it that way you know they're, they're at their most vulnerable when they've conceded a goal mm. you know and even think about it they have conceded some goals in blocks of two and two late goals in Portugal Serbia sort of hit Ireland twice didn't they in the 3-2 mm. away um, and uh, a couple of other games I mean Scotland everything was was looking good at half time so yeah I can, I can see what you're saying um, in terms of the leadership angle yeah I mean it is a point I mean but just game uh, management that there's somebody game management, there yes. who on the pitch and maybe that is as much an ability thing as a leadership thing that is there somebody in in that midfield area who can grab hold of it who can dictate the tempo of the game we don't really have that player no I, I think yeah I think like ability has to be a factor like it's not as if it's just if someone was saying the right words mm. everything would be fine you know like, like calm down lads it's like, oh, yes, that's, finally. that's exactly what we were thinking that's what we needed why didn't someone think of saying this before <laughs> you know um, so I think there has to be more to it than that it's it's probably collective composure and you can look at players around on the pitch and it's true I would point to Josh Cullen certainly when he has been on the pitch you see some of the more um sort of ragged performances yet things bad things have also happened while he's been on the pitch like John Egan you know who you've spoken to there um, I think definitely him not being on the pitch you could say you feel like you miss his presence but in saying that he also has been on the pitch in times where like some of those choppy games that we reference um, uh, I do probably feel that um, in that the middle of the back three probably sets a tone for um, that area of the pitch and like I think Nathan Collins long term is going to be um, top drawer and I think 
we watched a goal against Ukraine and you see his attributes and you think yes like he's the one for the middle of the three for so many reasons but actually maybe in the here and now he's he's maybe just not um, and it's 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 you need maybe that Egan presence there and that Collins is slightly better just and he's he's had a you know he's had a, a weird period I suppose in his club career where he hasn't been picked and 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 like I didn't think he would say 100% at it last night relative to some other games you know and he's obviously in that zone where like everyone wants him to rec- express himself and show the technical skills that he not directly yeah. possesses but probably you know loose was a word that someone used to me earlier and I, I could sort of see what they were saying um, about him and, and maybe like with Egan in the middle of the three and that cuts out an element of that you know because at times last night it did feel like it was just so easy for the back three and there were loads of times where they were playing passes and often they were just behind the player or just a little bit to the side and the pitch didn't seem to be moving great either I think that could have been a factor as well but like there was a sense that that almost set the tone for like a tardiness at times that sort of manifested itself further up So on that then because Listen, Stephen Kenny afterwards was keen to point out this is all about France. The players are all pointing out it's all about France this week. It is the only game that matters and we'll get on to that. But last night's game at home again against the lower-ranked team and that tardiness and sloppiness seemed to come from the fact that the back three have so much possession in these games and it goes out to the wing and Alan Brown is buzzing around trying to find a little bit of space and the second he comes to it, he has no option but to go back to them again, back and forth. And they all, Whereas that needs to be happening in midfield against teams yeah. like Latvia and like Vinnie Perth was on this morning talking about the absolute refusal to change system that now it is three at the back absolutely fully wedded to this regardless of who we're playing and that is the perfect system to play against France and has been proven so against better opposition it, does he not need to be a bit more flexible at times at home and go actually let's go back to what I know from before I got this and what I thought I'd probably be doing and playing four at the back and play Darrell Shea at left back if I need to play him there play Matt Doherty at right back and have that possession that Ireland are having 30 yards further up the pitch and have enough players in the middle of the park because it it did feel that they just had so much possession that that's where the sloppiness came from that they didn't know what to do with it and how many times can you play the same ball out to Matt Doherty or Alan Brown and get it back before you just get a little bit bored with it and there's no option in the middle of midfield at all yeah no and like sometimes you're Callum O'Dowd receiving it with his back to goal which isn't really him you know and mm. I, I, I see what you're saying I think probably the point is when you have a limited amount of time to spend with the team you probably feel and I did hear that discussion this morning there was a sense of well the game against France is on Monday as much as it's not an audition really in any way you're still in some ways trying to work with certain patterns and relationships just because you haven't had these players for a couple of months and some of them at their clubs won't have played this system so um, it gets them back into the groove of, of, of playing in that way um, but I acknowledge the point I think the, the problem is um, it's possible that like you know systems evolve like you have a system that works for, for your period of time and then you reach a stage where no no you actually need to switch again mm. in England under Southgate for example have, have gone from back three to back four and, and okay they're higher level teams Team, they've been playing in major tournaments, but still, like they're they're meeting up semi regularly. You know, it's pretty much the same intervals. You know, and it reaches a point where you evolve from one to the other. But I think the point is, if you look at it, like four of Ireland's next five games competitively, it could be argued that like the best system is that back three. Greece away, you can probably debate it, but probably for the two games against France and the game at home to Holland, um, you know, that's 
you might think it's it's probably the way to go. Um, because again, I know what you're saying about Darrow Shea going to left back. I suppose there is those a lot of riches at, at centre-back and Matt Doherty in his best position and a lot of the things that we would have spoke about when we were calling for Ireland to switch to that system a lot of those issues still remain or those you know those those, those points remain valid okay I know maybe Shane Duffy's dropped off mm. a little bit um, It is the biggest confusion of watching Ireland which is when you look at the talents of the squad defensively is the area you go oh they've got a lot about them there that they have Collins, Uma Bamadele, Egan, O'Shea, Coleman, Doherty, a huge amount of quality that maybe is not fully replicated up the other end of the pitch. But Ireland looked decent in the final third, yet are actually struggling yeah. defensively in games. Well, I suppose, I mean, well, okay, I mean, just even to flesh out that discussion, right? If Ireland then did go to, and it's a debate point, if Ireland did go to a back four, then you're talking about Kenny going back to what he knows or what he used to. F- prefer like he always did like playing with wingers and it mm. was generally like a 4231 or 4141 or whatever you want to call it more so 4231 so you can okay I feel like we can slot the Irish defensive pieces into a hole comfortable enough but then okay then who's your two okay okay Colin Oh, could, could you play small bone as a two there maybe or Malumbi or but then like okay left left winger right winger you know, Mikey Johnson has emerged. Well, Johnson's emerged, player. but I don't know is he a, is he a ninety minute player? You know, um, like okay, you've got McLean, you've got O'Dowda. I get it. Mm. You know, like on the right side, you know, you, okay, could be you play small bone there. Yeah, I could. You know, Jason Knight a little bit narrow again, or Ogbeni. Um But again, like they're not all players who are playing those positions with their club so like there's there's possibly a bit of work to do to find your best strategy within that and clearly Kenny has reached the stage where he spent you know a lot of last year talking about how the plan was to build a settled squad for the Euros this year a settled plan he's very much of you now I've done that now and he's probably going to live or die by that now Mm. Um, and for me like I think as I said these games coming up um, you can see how the system could probably be effective for them I really hope Ireland are competitive going into October. I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of ifs to get to that. So I'm, I'm not, I'm just not just saying it casually. But it is the thing where, imagine if Ireland did end up in a situation where they're playing Greece at home in November or in October. Knowing sorry. that a win qualifies. No, yeah, well, knowing that a win like keeps the minute or ke- mm. ke- you know ke- keeps open the possibility of being alive in the last day. Um, and that's they are the times when you actually do worry about this team, you know, like it's in that type of fixture. Um, but I would say the system is probably here to stay for now, anyway. So the positives from last night then were the players who were brought in from the start, from Will Smallbone, Evan Ferguson getting his goal, like the calmness and maturity of his post-match interview as well, just mm. taking all of this. Uh, so calmly and comfortably and then Mikey Johnson off the bench Uh, let's hear from Will Smallbone first so he was man of the match on what was his senior debut for Ireland and he caught up with our own Stephen Doyle after the game Will, did you think you'd mark your uh, senior debut for the Republic of Ireland with a man in the match award? Yeah, uh, yeah it's obviously it's a very proud moment for me and my family and yeah, obviously it was something I was looking forward to for a long time and like you say, to get man in the match wasn't something maybe I was expecting but I'm very happy it happened. Your mum's from Kilkenny, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Was she here tonight? Any of the family here? Yeah, yeah, no, my mum was here so yeah, like you say, 
she is very proud of that today. Did she give you a message beforehand or did she kind of stay back? No, no, she's very forthcoming in her messages. So she was <laughs> she was texting me, wishing me good luck and telling me to, to relax and enjoy it. And yeah, no, she's been great. That's brilliant. Um, you obviously played really well out there tonight. You Good link up there with Evan Ferguson. He said himself here that uh, maybe that experience playing underage level has helped you both. Yeah, no, I think it has. Obviously, we know we played many games on, on underage levels together and we know each other's kind of movements and that. And yeah, to be out there and share the pitch with him today was very special and yeah, very good day. And even the two of you linking up really well with Michael Obafemi as well. Yeah, obviously, I know Michael from a long time playing under 18 to Southampton with him. And yeah, it's obviously nice to be out there with two good friends and I've been looking forward to playing with Michael for a while so I was happy to be out there with him today I know it's Southampton you, you come to the academy you're playing a lot in central midfield but you have ended up going out on the right I know towards the latter stage before you went out alone in Stoke at Stoke you've been more central so how do you kind of see yourself in this Irish team? Oh, I yeah, definitely see myself in, in a central area whether that be as a number 10 number 8 but equally I do quite like the a tra- kind of like a channel run to, to get in behind teams and allows me to, to get the ball across the box which I think with my fitness that it can allow me to do What have you made of coming in under Stephen Kenny what's he done for your confidence for your, your, your play? Yeah no he was great especially when he obviously told me that I was playing he just told me to go out there and enjoy myself enjoy the moment and play with no fear essentially and yeah hopefully I, I did that I just want to ask you about Evan I know he's behind you there we keep it quiet but when you see a player like him doing what he's doing you know I'm sure all the other players have seen what he's doing does that give everybody confidence going into the game like France on Monday yeah exactly I think like you say it gives everyone confidence he's such a young age he's done a lot in his young in his short career and I think he's obviously seems to have a knack for scoring goals so hopefully long may it continue for him and not buzzing for him today to get his goal on his first start at home and no, he's a good lad and he deserves it yeah that's Will Smallbone who was man of the match last night so Will Smallbone just turned 23 last month uh, he's on loan at Stoke playing first team football in the championship every week Southampton player who was in and around the first team squad and starting to get games in the Premier League and suffered an ACL injury bit of a setback and it's been a slow recovery from that you mentioned there playing alongside Evan Ferguson with the 21s I think it was a probably a short enough stint but you could tell really from was it that first night against Italy with the 21s that there was a bit about this guy? Yeah, um, I, I watched him play against Sweden. I think it was Sweden, yeah, and Tyler Raleigh O'Neill got the late goal. Um, and it, I, it was good to watch him because I think, yeah, I, I know like sometimes it annoys people you speak in like, numbers about midfielders, you know, like the six or an eight or a ten, and it's sort of like it's modern football speak. Um, Tim Sherwood probably wouldn't, I'm not sure how he would feel about it. Um, but... Uh, in inside right <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't know what he is in uh, in 1950s football language but there was this view that um, Ireland are crying out for a number 10 definitely mm. crying out for like this you know this creative player who can pick passes probably in these type of games um, and there's a sense that maybe there's a desperation for Smallbone to become that even though in his club career um, is he maybe more of a number 8 you know and actually for all we, we look at his sort of assists and stuff which seems to be very good by all accounts his, sort of his athletic stats his running stats are very good at Stoke as well so there's that question mark over and it's not always the case that someone's role for their club is, is becomes their role for their country like if Ireland needs someone in that department then that's where he may play a little mm. more advanced and what you could see and like even with the 21s there was a little bit of that in terms of how they used him um, but the, you could see even in the game I watched him they played him in two different positions and sure enough last night with Ireland he started in one position but at the end he was one of the deeper midfield too and, and he clearly has the 
the, the skill set to do that as well. So I think he's someone who is going to play a lot of games this year, probably more than I envisaged at the start of it. I don't know if he starts on Monday now. He's um, got to be in the mix when you talk about that role he can play, particularly against France, as to who's close to Evan Ferguson. So is it... Are you assuming Ferguson's well, on his own then? I'm assuming Ferguson is on his own, that Obafemi is on the bench. Yeah. And that maybe is it Knight and Smallbone just in behind him? You see, that's a possibility. Like, I hadn't really... Like, I, I actually had that discussion with someone earlier. Um, is that maybe a, an option? Because uh, I suppose with Ferguson, again... Like, because he's become such a dominant figure in our discussion mm. like it's very natural to assume okay this team is going to be built around Ferguson but actually um, like he hasn't a huge amount of experience as playing as that central one if you know what I'm saying as that number nine um, at senior level like with Brighton he's in a very a system that works and it's like he plays with wingers at Brighton you know and Ireland is wing backs and so it's a little bit different a um, little bit of a different dynamic there and I am curious like is, is it possible that to Kenny yeah, we will play him just as a number nine in the way that he played Adam Eda mm. you know previously and it's it's players up running off him but I, part of me still thinks that against France there's going to be a desire for real pace like real out and out pace to stretch them at the higher end of the pitch so is it a case that they try a version of a partnership again with Ferguson and someone else and that just maybe means that in behind that it is like Cullen will play you'd assume Malumbi will play he said that, that Knight was held back with Monday in mind so again you would assume if he doesn't play that's a change of mind you know you assume mm-hmm. he would play so like you're talking about those three playing so you're thinking is it more Ferguson and Obafemi or Ferguson and Ogbené maybe um, but it is maybe the other one maybe the wild card is well, it was only just watching them last Ferguson night and trying and to figure ball. out as you say on the assumption that Cullen, Malumbi and Knight all play it will be interesting in that what does it take out of Ferguson's game if you're putting him as a number nine and you're I imagine asking him to play in the shoulders of the centre-backs like he's obviously and even John Egan said they're playing against him at training like he's 18 but he's a man and he's physically well able to do that but when you watch him for Brighton like he's so smart in how he can drop deep he he's not expected to he's expected to draw the centre-backs forward and let as you say Matoma McAllister March, March yeah. get in behind now that's not the way Ireland play at all but maybe it's a needs must yeah, I mean, like this. yeah, it's just it's. But then I think the point is, it's a it's a it's a, it's a big ask for him mm. to do that. And I just wonder now, like Jason Knight is someone who can actually run in behind. Like he is, he is, you know, he's quite quick. He just hasn't always. He's like, he's been a victim of his own importance at Derby that he's played in so many different positions, and they haven't let him go. And and he sort of has dropped off our radar mm. in a way in terms of being a player that we speak about. Um, like Knight can and and. Small Smallbone even referenced there, he likes to make the, the odd channel run, but it's not quite the same. And you sort of assume, like you do have this feeling that, I'm not assuming, like it's probably an expectation that like France are going to be on top, you know, and you're going to want, and like a big bonus is, okay, Ferguson probably can drop in, that's his natural game, to, to get involved, to hold up the ball, but he does need those options off him. You know, and where like, the width could otherwise sorry, like you know, okay, you look at someone like Odouda, look at maybe the wing backs can provide a little bit of that, but that obviously requires a very structured setup in midfield to cover mm. to allow the wing backs to 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 be able to roam forward. 
it's so long since Adamita has played for Ireland there's probably a, almost a nostalgia to it this stage of yeah. how good his performances were I do remember analysing after some of those games that you know he struggled firstly with that task of trying to hold it up but also that when he did he had that exact problem of he was totally isolated mm. he was chasing the ball off into corners he'd get it and there'd be nobody there beside him so that would be the risk that actually when Ireland do get possession if they were to go with just Ferguson up there by himself that you're kicking it down the lines you're setting them off in chase that France are so comfortable from playing it out from the back that you just leave him out of the game he's almost wasted yeah that you can't get him in there yeah. but like you have to assume France turn up like it's the one thing of the two games against Portugal Portugal were dire in both of those matches really for the first hour like the one uh, over in Farrell was, uh, in Portugal was an absolute shambles mm. they were a mess uh, tactically you got to assume that France same we- group same manager they're coming with all their might you would assume so I suppose like I mean this was the game we have to speak about is the is you know you have this France-Holland game tomorrow mm. the novelty of having a really big game in Ireland's group that you can watch like it's generally at the same time you know as, yeah. as Ireland's games and where are France at like that is that is a little bit of an unknown I mean it's pretty obvious you read their squad you go through them it's like yep yeah, Okay, world class, world class, world class. I mean, it's not, you wouldn't read it to be optimistic, um, the squad list. But, I mean, they were pretty inconsistent last year. Their Nations League performance was an abomination. I mean, that's why they've ended up in this situation, ended up in this group, absolutely. The unexpected consequences, like screwing Ireland over really badly. And that they turned it on for the World Cup. But it is a little bit of a come down now. And they do have this great, I think for them probably to avoid that hangover. Yeah, it's great that they, they get to play, you know, get to play Netherlands on a Friday night in mm. Paris. And that's a really big, prestigious fixture. Um, but for them, you'd imagine that that's probably the focus of their week. Um, and they start to think about Ireland on Saturday morning. Whereas Ireland are thinking about France from, from Monday morning. Now, I mean, you need a lot of things to, 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 to go right to sort of counteract the obvious disadvantage you face playing a brilliant team. But um, clearly, OK, they're, they're top-class professionals, but they haven't been ruthless killers in qualifying France. And you, in a way, like, I'm sort of thinking, yeah, like, the more, compl- the, more, the more complacent France are, the better. I'd sort of be half-rooting for France against Holland, actually. Um, in you're, you're fully expecting Didier Deschamps in his pre-match press conference to talk about coming up against the British style of football ah oh, that, that type of thing yeah you know, you know get, get a couple of people to be good on balls we know what the Irish He's, are about this lot's still going on about the Henri handball you know get over it mm. you know get over it like a bit of that but I think they're, they're all all their eyes are going to be on the Dutch so you know it's, it's possible that they're not uh, anticipating um much in Dublin on Monday I think that's in a weird way that's what Ireland I don't really want to be underestimated by France So just in terms of team selection and what Stephen Kenny might have learned or how much he will read into it then from last night John Egan will come in to the side again I was asking him about the captaincy because there has been some speculation that maybe uh, Seamus Coleman might hand over the armband on a permanent basis he's saying Seamus Coleman is still very much the captain but Coleman is a bit of a knock Yeah he's a doubt Yeah, So, So that would mean Doherty starts if Coleman is fit does Coleman start ahead of Doherty on the um, right wing see I would have thought it would still be Doherty uh, like uh, I suppose maybe like I was pretty adamant last night that would have been the case maybe you have to rethink it a bit um, on the basis that probably does seem Coleman's to be, been playing really well yeah yeah no he has As but, w- and there's been Stephen Kenny hasn't been afraid to leave him out and he's obviously had a huge amount of injuries I think it's is it 7 out of 21 competitive games Coleman has started under Kenny a lot of it hamstring problems but he seems to have but overcome. he's never been in this sort of form at club level I know Everton are struggling but he's playing every week 
he isn't a problem for Everton at the moment he's getting up and down the pitch I do wonder if he's fit if Kenny thinks now is the time yeah no, and like it would be sort of a, a certain irony to it if then the decision's taken out of his hands if he's not fit mm. um, I feel like Doherty plays every time he's available for Kenny like if 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 Doherty was playing regularly for his club I don't even think there's a discussion now the, the discussion could be Coleman on the right of the back three yeah. which is another an alternate thing and again maybe if he was fine like you could nearly I mean it, that wouldn't be a, a complete long shot you could say um, because there would have been a view Coleman at wing back you know like it's a it is the, one of the most demanding positions on the pitch but well, I think it's the Armenia game at home and we all left the stadium saying this will never happen again yeah yeah but I think the thing is with Doherty is that um like I think with Doherty for all his probably how he can frustrate people he is so good on the ball sometimes mm. and in terms of a wing back you, like Ireland need the wing back to be able to cut inside and, and sort of interact with the midfield and you saw that with Smallbone and the little passes and the little clips and the little touches I think Doherty the frustration with Doherty is a very fun. Irish thing I always feel that if he was playing for another country they wouldn't have the he's very he's just there's no great emotion ever with it's Matt his, it's his running style and it's his, his, it's, you know it's, it's the it's Roy, Roy Keane and Martin and he, like he's wearing gloves yeah it's 14 degrees he's, you know, he's wearing his gloves that there's just something he doesn't get fired up pumped up he doesn't talk about the game he's just very calm if he had very a, relaxed it's not what we want from our sports if he people was, if he was, blood and guts and everything he's, he's with him. not a GEA stock like you know there's no he he a bit, you know, he's not a Fingolians man oh well I mean we'll, if we will drain the life out of that if he yeah. did but like he's definitely like not he's, he's not like I, he doesn't have that, that wholesome front that no, maybe I think there's we just want like a, you know that it that takes away from his people because often at times you see him out in the right wing and he's standing there and he's waiting for the ball to come. We just want them. Like we prefer the James McLeans of the world who are just tearing around. Yeah, yeah. But I think like, but I think the point is, if you think the better Ireland performances under Kenny, like mm. Doherty's generally been pretty good. He's arguably been Kenny's best player. Yeah, and that's the. I really just. I still going to the head. I I still think he'll he will always play him. Um, but the Coleman revival has probably and, and Doherty's lack of football um, maybe plants a small seed of doubt but I still think he probably feels technically he's like so particularly well suited to that and, and generally for all the complaints okay in Scotland probably was, was Scotland away as one example where he was done badly um, for a cross but generally you, I think he's played quite well in the games against the mm. better sides almost it's almost like in some ways the pattern of his performances for Kenny of running tandem with Ireland's you know good against the good teams maybe not as good and, and a symbol for frustration in some of the games against the lesser ones uh, Odada started last night got his goal played well enough to get him a start on I think he would have been Monday. starting on Monday anyway mm. Yeah. Uh, so as you said I think the assumption is that the three in midfield will remain with Cullen Malumby and Knight so that big question then is Ferguson's going to start uh, Ogbeni comes on gets his goal Stephen Kenny's obviously always been a fan Obafemi started last night but has been brilliant off the bench at club, he's had to be at, uh, at club level and knows how to get a late goal how do you see him making this well, decision well, that's and what I'm saying as well. it's, it's, so like we, it's like what we spoke about it's a question of does he feel that they need to, he needs to play with a, a two and I know like the two are sometimes like split strikers that mm. one goes left and one goes right like Parrott is the other one we haven't mentioned who probably would have been would have been talking about was a definite first choice player for Ireland 
you know last October just hasn't really happened like that that injury at Preston and then since he's come back you couldn't really say on form um, that he's put his hand up even though at times his ability to play as that striker but then linking with midfield has yeah. been quite effective uh, and maybe we're all forgetting him but I, I just I just get the sense that he's probably do you think it's a purely tactical decision Ferguson. is there any I don't know I don't want to say PR but mentality going out that France best team in the world have come to Dublin and we've gone out there with Michael Obafemi and Evan Ferguson two young men two strikers you know we brought us them we weren't afraid yeah I see your point but like and I, but even taking out the PR side there is a sense of okay um, hit them with something they're not expecting like try and occupy them you know with, with two players I think the, the thing for me though is I think Obafemi um, hasn't been playing regularly enough and I think what we've seen with him is that when he's come to Ireland camp in good form he's been very good but at times last night you could actually see Malumbi I think it was Malumbi at midfielders was getting after Obafemi a bit and getting after um, the forward players thinking they were at times they were a little bit isolated or a little bit out outnumbered and I can see Ogbeni can definitely because he's a bit Ogbeni has a certain amount of defensive awareness um, you know from having played at wing back for his club and you could argue that he could sort of defend from the front in some ways like it depends like a France playing Hernandez at left back you know who can be really attacking and it can be really quick there's this talk about Camavinga potentially playing there um, look what type of um, France are you expecting like is it Mbappe on the left or is it Mbappe through the middle mm. like, is Giroud going to still play with Mbappe on the left or these shifts that you've seen France made like there's a feeling maybe you will have Mbappe through the middle but if Mbappe is through the middle then you could have some real powerful quick attackers out wide mm. and those things have to influence like the, what you're asking maybe of your two strikers is to be getting back to support um, as much as they're attacking um, input. And, and part of that makes you think about the whole idea of it being like a Jason Knight or and a small bone yeah. in some ways trying to do that but um, I guess it's a question of how much you want to be reactive to what France are doing and how much you want to be proactive yourself and, and, and trying to set the tone in some way and just to finish then on the much bigger picture and the conversations that we'll be having on Tuesday Wednesday Thursday about Stephen Kenny's future obviously we all want them to go on and win and have one of those great nights and maybe the momentum of that kickstarts uh, the entire thing and they take it in you say they get to October and they're in a chance of qualifying automatically the fact that the draw is thrown in France and Netherlands means that it's not as straight down the line as it would have been pre-draw yeah. he has to qualify there's also the quirk where it's not as guaranteed this time round as it was last time round that they will get a playoff oh yeah which means that Ireland, today, I, I'm not, we're not going to get into Let's the complications but that it is worth pointing out yeah. the last time no matter what happened really in the group Ireland were going to end up in a playoff and they got that playoff against Slovakia this time they will need some things to go their way to get that end result so where does Stephen Kenny stand three days before his first game in terms of support within the FAI and the changes that are happening there like, is he in a comfortable position I wouldn't say he's in a comfortable position. I think, to me, his whole year is going to revolve around the the summer, and um, unless Ireland win against France on Monday, in which case that obviously gives you like credit. Gibraltar at home in your third game, yeah. six points out of nine. Actually, regardless yeah, of that happens. gives you great credit, and you'll have the memory of that night. And if you have the memory of that night, then of course you can sell the idea that well, we can deliver more great nights like this down the tracks. Um, but to me, it's very hard to avoid like concluding that it's all going to revolve around Greece 
um, in the summer because okay third doesn't matter in this group it's important this mistake we made third doesn't matter in terms mm. of the playoff the playoff is predetermined now so Ireland finishing fourth or third they have the same chance of being in the playoff but third obviously does matter in the sense of the optics the confidence you would have in the manager if that playoff scenario comes to pass through the Nations League thing and I think look if Ireland can go to win in Greece in June even let's say Ireland lose on Monday as, as most people I think would expect um, and then you know they've, they've zero points and they go and win in Greece they, they you know they, they go and they beat Gibraltar at home well then you're going into the second half of the year still in it mm. believing that you know the France and the Dutch games in, in September and then you can, you can just see how Kenny gets the whole campaign from there you can see how it naturally pans out to a point where like, if definitely were ever going to think about making a change I, I think it would be reckless to suddenly do it in, in November you know like just in, before a potential playoff. potential playoff you feel like they're going to you know that if there's going to be any type of review maybe it's more so if like if you have zero points after two games that that's when I think he, he's going to find it hard so um, I said I hope it doesn't end up in that situation but I think there'll be a lot of scrutiny on how they handle and you know like when it comes to the point where Kenny where he just and I'm sure he knows this himself like all these great near misses at times in certain games if Sora just needs to get one over the line once you get one over the line you can make the argument well look we've shown we can do it the problem at the moment last night is summed that it up in a way you're 2-0 up at home against the Latvia side doing absolutely nothing and suddenly there's drama where there yeah. doesn't need to be any yeah that's it it's just it's an often that one step forward two back thing um, going on and like so it goes back to the start in terms of some of the near misses like you know there's it's I know people talk about improvement but like, you think about it, like at times like you know Ireland played quite well in Slovakia that time mm. and then lost in penalties you know yeah. and they haven't Connor really Aaron has the chance cleared yeah, off the line yeah like so it's not as if there's been a dramatic improvement obviously the profile of the squad has changed and a lot of things have changed it's just it's 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 making people believe they can be clinical enough almost to to eke out these results and that's why like that that summer camp you know and, and there's going to be a long build up to that Greece game going preparation to Turkey for a couple of weeks. going to Turkey well, not for a couple of weeks but for I think maybe you know well actually I think actually might be actually 9-10 days or so um, building into it but it's just a case of okay um, Greece are a good side it's a really bad time to play them because of the conditions but they're going to need to show that the reason they aren't qualifying is because they drew France and Holland mm. if that scenario comes to pass you know, if you struggle against Greece, well, then it's hard to really lean too heavily on the draw because the argument could be made, well, you possibly wouldn't have done it anyway. Um, if, you, if you struggled against your fourth seed and your group twice, why would why would we believe you'd, you'd, you'd outperform any of the other second seeds? So um, that's why that summer thing is, is particularly important, I think. Uh, great stuff, Dan. Predicting a 3-2 for Monday night? Uh, somebody, let's take a 3-2. I'm not going to say who it's for. Well, exactly. Plenty of goals. Uh, yeah. All our football is brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. And we will have full live commentary of Monday's game. Uh, Stephen Doyle and Stewie Byrne talking you through that. Joe will be live from the Viva all evening as well. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland Women's National Football Team This is News Talk